But anyway, we get contacted oh, no. by the carrier saying they're admitting to coverage. So we're like, okay, great. So they opened coverage, um, went to appraisal. We didn't agree. So it was full-blown denial. Ended up overturning it. They wanted to, they, well, they issued an undisputed of 33000 Went to appraisal. We didn't settle. Went to umpire. And we just got the award last week. It was $119,000. What? Yeah. Talk about an aha moment. That's badass. $119,000 when they said that claim was denied. We have, like, a reminder at 30 day, a reminder at, yeah. at 45. Like, we never missed that because we have in the past. And when it happened once, it's the it's, worst. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a case killer. Yeah. Um, we need more female public adjusters. I agree. Yeah, we do. How many female public adjusters do you guys have? Insurance companies and, and the, the legislature, right, is, is basically attacking the homeowner and the policyholder rather than attacking the problem, right? And I think the problem mainly is the claims handling practices that insurance companies have in place. Why isn't anybody looking yeah. at that right now? Yuli, you need Some to be you our... need to be the advocate for more female public adjusters. Female. That could be the niche. Female claim advocate. Oh. Pat. <laughs> See? Pat. That's your job, buddy. <laughs> you got to go after the female public adjusters, my friend. There's got to be a lot of them out there. Here, as we see, as recently as today, things are changing. So everything you may know from the last decade or more could change this July. Exactly. And now we all have to adapt, you know, to, to these new changes. So We're talking about HB 305? Yep. Yeah. I think more than the information that, that we work with is how you execute it, right? Those That's that's where the, the power lies. But that's available to everyone still. I mean, the strategies are there. You just have to implement them. We give them what's called the CCAT, which actually measures their intelligence and their willingness to learn new things. So if it's like yeah. an administrative I, role. I need to write all these things. You have a pen and paper right there. You can write it down. <laughs> Everything starts at the culture index. What's up, advocates? And welcome back to another episode of the Claims Game Podcast. Real good one that we've got for you today. A little bit different also. But before I get into it, I just want to let you guys know Patreon has been awesome so far. Uh, we've got quite a few members already and we're offering some unique things. For example, discussion of the week. So every Monday I get on and I basically do a video and we talk about something unique in the industry and we all get into a live discussion in, uh, about it. Another thing that we do is a Q&A, monthly Q&A with all of our Patreon members so that they could ask me anything that they want. It's really cool. I think you guys should really uh, consider it. There's different levels of sponsorship as low as $5 a month. So go ahead, check it out. Patreon.com slash commercial claims advocate today. Today's podcast, I think you guys are going to really enjoy. It's with another public adjusting firm. Another public adjusting firm that, I am, uh, that I've got a lot of respect for. Another public adjusting uh, firm that runs like, like a machine. Another public adjusting firm that's got just a high level of, 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 of culture and of, of education going on with them and their, all their public adjusters. That public adjusting firm is Monarch Claims Consultants. You could find Monarch Claims Consultants on monarchclaims.com. You could find Monarch Claims on Facebook, on Instagram. But more importantly, you could find Monarch Claims on YouTube also, on YouTube on what's called the Monarchy Podcast. Check it out. Really cool podcast. Really beautiful studio. They were nice enough that when I asked them to be on the podcast to provide their studio for us to do the podcast in their studio. So like I said, it's a little bit different. It's not a Zoom podcast that we've got today. 
It's actually in their studio, so it's pretty cool. I think you guys are going to like it. So it was a live, in-person conversation. Uh, they're also from Miami. They're, they're, by the way, they're located in Miami. As you guys know, I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida, so we talk about a lot of pretty cool Miami stuff, like the most and the best pan con pite, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's a steak sandwich. Uh, but we talk about just different Miami things and just about the industry in general and really about how they run their business. You know, they, they're not giving us any secrets or anything, but I think they're really separate separate themselves amongst other public adjusting firms. And if you're a growing public adjusting firm or just any public adjuster, I think you're going to learn a lot about proper processes, proper procedures, proper way of educating your PAs, and just proper way of doing things and running a business. So again, I got a lot of respect for these two. Uh, it's a basically, it's an interview with Yuli and Edgar. Uh, they are of Monarchy, of Monarch Podcast. And I think you, Monarch, geez, of Monarch Claims. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So here it is. Stay tuned. Monarch. Um, claims game podcast check it out all for you go welcome to the claims game podcast with vince perry get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level and now the commercial claims advocate vince perry So about your five-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's videos. That that's it was crazy. The only video I've seen of you is you working out, bro. <laughs> oh, you see those, okay? Where's your CrossFit gym? I'm right around the corner. Yeah, it's actually one of our adjusters is the owner. Uh huh. Nice. So I, I try to help him promote it a little bit. You guys as best as I can. You guys do? Do you guys like work out as a team? Ever uh, like the whole nah. office? No. Well, actually, <laughs> Julie's like, yeah, yeah no. I'm like, no. no, no, thank you. We've had like field days, but it's not something that we do constant. Like, we should yeah. do it more often. We yeah, talk like, about, like having something coming up, like like every Saturday or something like that. Just get together and do I mean, it. Not every I don't know, Saturday, every, like, like like once every quarter or something like that. Yeah. Or like do like a happy hour and instead of drinking, you just go do CrossFit. Exactly. Just like work out. It's except not such a happy hour. Yeah. But <laughs> except we'll get like probably be a sweaty two hour. people here. Or yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys do for your five year anniversary? So we rented, not rented. What do you remember? <laughs> I don't think he remembers much. Let's not talk about because I'm going to bring up. Bring you, it up. You know what I'm going to bring up. <laughs> I don't know. We're We've got time. About. We've got time. You know. I can't. I can't. It's not five o'clock yet. <laughs> I cannot. I'm, I'm going to hold that one until later. Uh, so we, we reserved at, at this uh, restaurant called Tapeo or Tapeo. Tapeo. It's, like a, like, it's like a Spanish restaurant. Okay. We got the whole place to ourselves and we had drinks, we ate, we hung out. And then the craziness came when we went to a a curfew is done, right? Uh, It It was was lifted. It was lifted. It was that weekend on the 12th. What was curfew? Uh, Miami Dade had a curfew for COVID. Yeah, because you could only get COVID after a certain time. Exactly. (laughs) So imagine we went all out. We went all out and uh, we weren't just partying and, you know, popping bottles, you know, the usual. Nice. <laughs> See, people don't know about that. That's Miami style. <laughs> yeah. 100. We did the uh, True Miami fashion. We did the SVG uh, event a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you guys saw that. We went yeah. to New Orleans for the yeah, SVG event, Wind the Storm. And it was funny. I tell this story to everybody because my wife was worried about 
how do I dress? What am I going to wear? Everybody's going to be dressed all nice. Is that what am I going to wear? What am I going to do? So I talked to TJ Ware and I'm like, TJ, you've been to these things like a million times. Like, you know, my wife wants to know like what she should wear to make sure that we're not underdressed. He's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, you know, you want to dress nice, this and that. He's like, let me send you some photos from last year's event. So he sends us like this Facebook thing. And I'm like, here, babe, here are the photos. She looks through it. She's like, bro, are you serious? She's like, this is Miami on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, this is nothing, you know? Yeah. People don't know about where we're from. Exactly. Yeah. You know? That's why I love coming back here. It's like, even though, like I told you before, I'm getting pulled from like 16 different directions because I got to stay with mom and I got to do this and I got to see my sister and I got to see all these people. I think we're built differently. And we are. Yeah. That's a, a race of its own, a, a community of its own. I also think that the swagger is like a real thing too. Like that Jorge Masvidal thing and the you and all that stuff. I think personally, I think like now that I'm in Tampa and everything, like I could just tell like we're just built differently. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I went agree. to an anniversary party last night on a Thursday night. 17 people just on a random weeknight. It's like other people have to plan ahead. And I found out the day before. My friend's like, hey, tomorrow. Okay, oh, we're there. Whatever. Got a babysitter on a school night. Other people's like, no, I need. Where know. was it at? Um, at like a fancy place? No, well, it was oh. nice. I forgot the name of the place. It used to be Mina's, actually. I don't know if is you guys know. Is it a place know. in Hialeah? No, it's on, I don't even know what that is. It's 79th Street. Like. <laughs> oh. 79th Street and what? Uh, Jorrell, Pass right? Biscayne. It's called Badello oh. or Badeo. I forgot. It's an Italian restaurant. That's northeast. Nice. Northeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, east of Biscayne. There is an area in Tampa. It's called, it's called. Your, your with a Y? No, Ebor too. Ebor is another one. I've yeah. been there and that's a little shady. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, at night. After yeah. like 11 o'clock at night, it's like, uh, but there's a place called Town and Country. It's like Hialeah. Really? It's crazy. <laughs> it looks exactly like Hialeah. <laughs> that's where we go. If, I, if my wife wants to go to like one of the Cuban clubs or something like that, yeah, that's where we go to do yeah. some salsa dancing and everything. Well, there's Cuban, a lot of Cuban there? There is a very large Cuban population in Tampa. Because you have to understand, there's uh, Ybor City, mm-hmm. and apparently before everybody, I don't know the exact story, so if anybody calls me out on it, before, before like, I think it's before El Mariel. Look at uh, you talking about Mariel. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, look at you talking about El Mariel. You know speak Spanish, right? <laughs> Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, I heard you say Mariel very, and Hialeah <laughs> very well. No, but nobody knows that I speak Spanish. Yeah. Nobody. No, but, they do. <laughs> but before, before coming to, before Miami really became Miami, actually Tampa was the place that everybody came to. A lot. There's like a, a there's a big Cuban history there in Ybor City, Cigar City, and it's all about like Cuban cigars and everything. They have that. It was a Colombia restaurant that they that have the really, Colombia restaurant, restaurant there that people that really say it's good, but also people say it's not as good. I've been to one in Saint Augustine, which is like really old too. Yeah, but the same the same owners. It's hard to find Cuban food in Tampa though. Good Cuban good food or Cuban. yeah, not like here. Not like La Carreta. No, yeah. you know where I have to go every time I come here. Well, I usually stop by Sergio's. But I have to go and have a pangombite at Carla Bakery. Carla. In my Car- opinion, that's yeah. the best one. Yeah. Which is your? There's Carla with Carla? a K, right? No. Carla, Carla with, a K. K. with a K. Yeah. Where is this? Flagler and eighty. Uh, Flagler and like eighty fourth Avenue. Gotcha. I usually don't go past like Bird Road. That's no. <laughs> you're one of those guys. You're a Kendall guy. You're a Kendall guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ah, you see, I'm Westchester, Sweetwater, <laughs> born and raised on Fountain Blue. And there you go. Yeah. So never go to Carl Bakery? No? You never, never been? Man. Never. I what's, mean, I got to go now to try no, Pango Bite. So. so what's your favorite? What's the best Pango Bite in there? Where? I don't know. I, that's a good question. For I those know. that don't know, that's a steak sandwich. Yeah. Cuban steak sandwich. Cuban steak sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it now. Uh, I haven't had one but, in a really long time. But check this out. Pancras Bakery at Ooh, yeah. 3 in the morning. You get un pan con churrasco. Oof. 
Well, that's like that when popcorn tastes mind better. Yeah, but that's yes. but it's got to be at three in the morning so that it no, tastes yeah. better. Exactly. It tastes yes, better yes. at three yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds delicious. So they open like twenty four hours. Yeah. So is Carla Bakery. Yeah. Oh, I did not know this. Okay. What was the spot that you used to go to? I would say. I don't know how old we are, but let's say 20s after the club. <laughs> where would be the 24-hour spot that you would go to? I'm going to start. Latin Cafeteria on on Flagler and 107th. I don't think there was like one specific location, no? but it was always like a Dunny's or something. No, <laughs> that's so, no, that's yeah. Black. So, uh, La Palma and La Ocho? Yes. I used to go there. That's where they had the, the fritas. They had yeah. the best fritas there. Yeah. Mary's yeah. Coin Laundry. Mary's Coin Laundry. No? No. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's no, okay. No, yeah, that's yeah no. I haven't been there. It's the all night. We want to hear what the young people have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, los perros. Have you got, you oh, got oh, yes. Oh, that's verde. true. Yeah. I haven't been to that one. We actually went the other day to Los Perros to um, the one by my house. We went to pick something up. It was like popping in there. It was There was no parking. Yeah. It was like a club. I was like, yes. I did not know. all People were hanging out outside their cars. I'm like. I love it. We're getting like super Miami right now. But Los Perros <laughs> is Colombian, right? It's Colombian, yeah, yeah. They sell the best Colombian hot dogs where they put. Yeah everything on there it's like I don't, chips and they put chips, mayo they put pineapple. ketchup and mayo they put pineapple you could get different ones the, the, um, uh, color, huevo de colonies quail eggs they put it on there I don't yeah. think I've had that maybe yeah. they did I just Request. ate it they and I didn't the, care I was hammered so I just ate it <laughs> they have the salchipapa it's like potatoes with like chorizo the salchipapa is good and then it has the quail eggs salchipapa is y los maicitos what is that the corn yeah it's like corn and cheese and like beef or chicken and people don't understand yeah. <laughs> the cuisine that we got in Miami yeah. like yeah. the Latin cuisine has got to be the best in the country I agree I think so right because you got to mix of everything I think it's the best in the world when you yeah. think about it there's nothing like Miami I travel yeah. often oh. and when that plane is arriving and I see my city yes. I'm like home <laughs> home and you, have you ever moved out have you ever moved away from Miami never I've only no. lived in two places in Cuba Havana and now in Miami so you've only lived in Cuba when exactly. you <laughs> I told you guys last time, right? That people say that Miami is the closest country to the United States. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's northern Cuba. When you move out of Miami, there is this sense of pride that is ridiculous. You become like so proud. I'm so proud of this city. Of me from here. As much as like, honestly, when I come back, I can't wait to go back to Tampa because as soon as I hit the traffic on the 836, I'm just like, I'm done with this. But that being said, like when I'm in Tampa, I'm just like, I overuse my bros. I start talking like even more Miami when I'm away from Miami just to let people know that that's where I'm from. <laughs> to remind yourself where you know? you're from. Yeah. So you mentioned your five year anniversary. That's pretty awesome. So what yeah. What was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I said you mentioned your five-year anniversary. Yes, man. Yes. I think they say that every business, uh, what is it, the first five years or something like that is the most critical, the most crucial. We were so just I, talking about that, I think, the other day with somebody. About like the, if you make it to like the first five years, like the success rate is much higher. Yeah. 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 I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. How are you guys doing? Good? Good. Yeah, you're feeling good? I really like you guys because not just you two individually, but yes, you two also. Um, well, for one, I feel like I feel like like the other day I called you and I asked you, I think, for a pretty big favor. And you guys were like more than willing and beyond willing. And I'm always very grateful for that. Um, and I thought that was cool. And I think you guys sort of share and we've talked about this, Edgar. I think we all share the whole sentiment of public adjusters working together. Whether you're yeah. with a different company or not, I don't think it should matter because at the end of the day, like what I always tell people is it's not us against us. It's us against the insurance company. Exactly. And the more we could combine our powers, the better 
I think the more successful we can be as a company, as companies, and also to the insureds. Yeah. As an yeah. industry altogether. And even then, we're, we're outnumbered, right? Yeah. We're fighting these huge corporations. Yeah. Exactly. And they clearly come together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. I agree. They and probably we do. Don't, so. Yeah, but that's yeah. something we have discussed, and I think that's something that we share, that mentality of that we're stronger together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wish that more PAs, specifically in Miami, you know, wouldn't be so selfish, I guess, you know, or so... I don't know, lack that confidence of like being able to share, you know, not just trade secrets, but like just information and, and be available to other PAs. It would be so much better. Secrets. I'm doing secrets. air quotes right now <laughs> yeah. because are there any secrets? I mean, no. when I started doing the channel and I started educating and everything like that, one of the things was like, look, if I could Google something that I need to know and somebody on Google is willing to provide that information. Or if I could research a book, and in that book they could provide me with different leadership styles, uh, growing your business. Technically they're giving away secrets too. Like why can't we do the same thing? I just don't understand like why people don't do that. I think more than the information that, that we work with is how you execute it, right? Those That's that's where the, the power lies. But that's available to everyone still. I mean, the strategies are there, you just have to implement them. And if we all implement, implemented them or we all did it together, imagine. like imagine how much more effect we would have on the carriers. Like these people are doing these people and this. Like I feel like there would be more pressure for change yeah. because it's not like, you know, just these people that, you know, are putting, you know, presenting things this way. It's like they're all doing it. We're going to I think it's going to call for an action to change. I think the conversation you and I were just having before we got on the podcast, you were asking, well, when do you notify the state? Do you find that works for you? Do you yeah. find yeah. that filing the CRN works? You know, and I think those conversations shooting yeah. back and forth yeah. need to happen more often. Of course. Yeah. We need to help right. each other. Yeah. And it doesn't take anything away from you. No. And you don't know when you can, you know, that person may need you today, but you may need them tomorrow yes. or the day after because every case is different. So they yeah. may be presented with a case that in all your years of experience, you may have never been presented with. So no matter what. to each other. That's also true. No matter how many years you've been doing this, every claim is different. Correct. You're always yeah. running into something new and you're going to have some questions. And there's, you know, I'm sure by now most of us sort of know what we have to do, but there's always going to be like, hmm. You've never seen it all. And every year, as we see, as recently as today, things are changing. So everything you may know from the last decade or more could change this July. Exactly. And now we all have to adapt, you know, to, to these new changes. So we're talking about HP 305. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we were trying to talk about that. Right. So what is it? So we've got now we have to deal with. We have to deal with what, ten days, right? That a, an insured can cancel our contract instead of instead, instead of, of five, three. Well, three, three. But I don't know if it's ten. That, they haven't released the details, as far as I know. Right. So I think it's ten overall, because before it was three for non-emergency claims and five for emergency right, claims. Right. 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 So. So I we just, don't know if the ten overrides both, or if exactly if the ten is for one and maybe more or less. We just know that HB three hundred five passed. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. What is the other ones? Uh, the POL that has to be submitted as soon as uh, you file the claim, or sixty days, sorry, sixty days, which is part of our policies and procedures already. Exactly yeah. for us, that's the first thing we do as soon as we get the estimate. We put the POL together. Yeah. yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't do it that way, Vince. I just don't want to forget. Yeah, we, yeah, we but, have, but we have who knows? reminders. We have like a reminder at thirty day, reminder at yeah. forty five. Like we never miss that because we have in the past, and when it happened once, it's the it's, worst. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's a it's a it's a case killer. Yeah, one hundred percent. But you know what? That right there, like we don't know if maybe you know your influence, Vince, or somebody else that's been sending it 
at the beginning, maybe that's something that prompted this change of like, hey, why can't everybody send it 60 days from the beginning? So that's what I'm talking about. Like if we start doing, we all start doing things a certain way, we don't know the effect that that can have, you know, for good or bad. Yeah. Um, I used to industry. wait until they requested it. But then, you know, what if you missed that letter or something like that and then you never right. submit it? Yeah. Yeah, no, we we always wait just because it, also we think from a strategy standpoint, and you may think differently, yeah. that if you submit the, the estimate right away, which has to accompany the POL, you're kind of showing your cards before they show theirs. Right? Sometimes I agree. So from a strategy standpoint, I don't love the idea, but I mean, if it's the new rule, we've got to go through it. That could be the reason why. That could be the reason why they want you to show your cards or they want us to show and our then cards help first. And decide if like... You know, do we want to yeah. pay this one? No, no, we're gonna well, deny this one. <laughs> I was with I was with uh, I was with a guy today, and uh, he took me to a claim, and we were walking through it, and he's like, "What do you think? Is this related? Is this not? Is this? Can we put this in the estimate?" And I think the fact of the matter is, is sometimes the more we throw in there, the higher chances of it not going the way we want it to go you know yeah. so that's probably what it is they want us they want to see all right we think this claim is i don't know ten thousand dollars and they've got a three hundred thousand dollar estimate you know let's make them fight it yeah. <laughs> let's make them fight it to the end yeah you know which yeah. ultimately is costing them more money right mediation I mean, yeah no well mediation and no, litigation litigation, yeah, litigation yeah. correct they i don't know if this is the the statistic is correct but they said that over 71 percent of, of the money that they spent towards claims was to pay the attorneys really and some article mm -hmm. i read this yeah, yeah. we don't have the like, source I, right now but yeah, yeah. We, we read this <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's it but yeah. it sounds, that's a lot 71 percent yeah that's a big chunk. but if you can reduce let's say it wasn't 71 percent. if you could reduce your cost by you know 71 or 50 or 20 or 10 percent by eliminating that why wouldn't you not even eliminating mm -hmm. at least just paying paying the claim yeah. paying the claims and maybe fighting the ones that are like fraudulent or you know crazy denials yeah. you know have you felt that the insurance companies have been making it a little bit harder i think they have just in the life of the claim I think they have. Yeah. I think I think the delay. I've been purpose. feeling it a little bit more. Yeah, like it Man. just it just feels like it's taking a little bit longer, and we're still following all the statutes. We're doing everything we have to do, but I don't know. I just don't. I can't pinpoint it what it is, but I feel like they're fighting a little bit harder. Unnecessarily, because ultimately, because it will go to litigation and it will get settled. Well, because we're handling it. Right. But right. the harder they make it. Let's say for new public adjusters. And one thing I want to talk to you guys about too is, is the training you guys give your adjusters I think is phenomenal. Um, but let's say for new public adjusters. I'll give you an example. I got one of my guys signed a bunch of claims in, uh, in Pensacola in September. And all of a sudden, it's like March. And I'm like, dude, uh, I haven't really gotten any, uh, we haven't settled any of these claims. Like what's going on? So I start looking into the claims and it's just, it's just, they're being worked, but they're not really being worked. It just yeah. feels like they're just sitting, and uh, and 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 uh, and he goes and he goes. Well, you know, I figured that it's gonna get paid eventually, and I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, that's exactly <laughs> what the insurance company wants. That's you what to they're think. banking on. <laughs> they're willing to wait forever. You exactly. want to wait? Sure, we'll wait also. Yeah, but the client gets desperate at times. And then the client gets yeah. desperate. And I yeah. said, dude, we have to be careful because the client is gonna eventually just be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, and then and they're more likely to accept a much lower settlement than to continue fighting for what the claim is actually worth. Which is what I was getting at. It's 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 accepting a lower settlement. It's giving up. I think a lot of people just give up. They're just like, whatever. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'll just yeah. fix it myself. Yeah. And the insurance company knows that. 
Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. They know that the they more difficult they make it, the more difficult it is, the chances are that they may not have to pay anything. So yeah, I agree 100%. Absolutely. Litigation, too, I think it's the same thing. It happens, I think, in litigation also. No, they, they just drag, drag it out, out and they drag it out and they drag it out. And even like their attorneys, OC drags it out, too. A, a lot of these you yeah, know, opposing counsel, have... they're not in-house counsel. They're also getting paid, you know, on an hourly basis. So I feel like they also drag that out to raise their bill. They don't care that it's going to raise up everybody else's premiums if that were a factor. Um, they're also billing the insurance company. So I feel like, I don't know, there should be more accountability on their end with OC and these litigation files to not drag these files out. Yeah. I think there's an interest, obviously, for them there too. Unnecessary depositions. Completely unnecessary depositions. I've been doing so many lately. <laughs> I love them. I like them. You do? I hate yeah. them. Really? That's a waste of time, man. It's yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. Why are you writing up the baseboards? Why are you writing up texture? Yeah. It's like, what do you think, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who's the and damages who are you? expert here? Yeah. Like, who are you? You're an attorney with a suit on. What do you know about damages? Exactly. I don't tell you anything about the law, right? right. So don't fucking question. Go, please. <laughs> fuck, don't fuck question shit, me fuck. <laughs> about the damages. I don't think there's any kids listening. Yeah. I don't think they would, especially not this far. <laughs> I'm an expert in the damages. Do not question me as to the damages. Exactly. So, yeah, but they just, it's part of their tactic, you know, to, like I said, to drag it out as long as they can. No, but you know what I'm doing? Because they're also requesting it from the rest of the guys and, and girls. For the uh, same claim? No, no, for, oh. for, for their claims. Okay, okay. Since, since they're, they're becoming more uh, frequent, I'm going to start recording me so they can, because I'm not going to say I'm an uh, expert, uh, is it deponent or what's the word i don't know what the word is depositioner depositioner yeah executioner <laughs> uh whatever it is but I, I you know i've been tweaked here and there right like i i, I have I have some experience so i'm gonna start recording myself so they can watch it and then yeah. implement the same i guess gonna start giving them some acting classes he's an uh, actor yeah. now he's an actor <laughs> really oh speaking of we have to review something later i just what, remember no so we filmed a commercial recently uh-huh yeah nice. it hasn't aired yet but we we got some of those clips we requested. Oh yeah, yeah, for you to review. I really liked the. <laughs> I really liked the. I was just watching the five year anniversary video. That looked pretty cool. I want to finish it, and I really liked the uh, the one you did with the real estate house. Oh, <laughs> this house could be yours. So I'm like, damn, Edgar, you pulled it off. Oh, wait till you see this commercial. On a, oh man, it's gonna be a big Spanish network. Nice. Soon. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, Monarch claims has a tremendous YouTube channel. Okay, the quality of it is is uh, excuse my Miami, but off the chain. I really I think it's great. Uh, people need to subscribe to your channel. I don't understand why there's not more subscribers on your channel because I think it's a phenomenal channel. And you guys interview some really interesting guests too. It's not just like it's not like boring like mine about claims. Yeah, right. I it's like mostly it about claims because <laughs> I like claims. <laughs> but I think it's really good. I think it's great. You got amazing production, and I don't think I thanked you yet about letting us use your uh, your little studio here. But I think it's great. Thank, Thank you. you. What are you guys are your plans for that? For the YouTube channel? Wait, do you want to talk about that over here? <laughs> Believe it or not, even though we've been doing it for a while, we kind of just want to. We're testing the waters still. Like we don't know what direction we're taking it. And in reality, the 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 purpose behind it is to inform. And Educate, that's it. As, yeah. as of now, I think you guys need educate. to correct. I think you guys need to figure out who your target is. 
It's everybody. That's not it's, a good target. Yeah. No, I know, but but That's ideally, not gonna it's, get you if, subscribers. If I understand. I understand. Yeah. But you no. need to figure out who your target is. You need to figure out like a niche. That's what I was telling him. Dude, what's your name? I forgot. Pat. Pat. I'm sorry. That's what I was telling Pat over here was that there needs to be like so. One thing that we've done um, sometimes we'll this is with another company I had, but we'll create a specific customer, our target customer. We'll put a face to it. Yeah. We'll put like their job application. We'll put like their st- their status, how much money they make, how many kids they have, if they're married, if they're single, stuff like that. Once you have like a target, who you want, it's going to be a lot easier when you create videos and you create things because that's who you're going after. Exactly. Yeah. Right now we're just interviewing and seeing kind of where we want it to go, but we really haven't discovered what the niche is. You know what it is though? It's like we're we're all like doing so many things because at the end of the day, let's face it, it's about claims too. You yeah. know, we need to we need to focus on our claims. Yeah. That's and what that's, I'm. That's what it revolves on, you know, on mostly. Contractors claims. might be a good niche. Contractors. Yeah. Yeah. Hi- Something to think about. Hialeah yeah. could be a good <laughs> niche. No, no, no. Not no. when we're on the Spanish. And yeah, there's like a spot right there that we're, you know, cutting out. From the- <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Spanish thing. What's what's going on there? Oh, it's just a commercial. It's a commercial. Yeah, it's a commercial. Starring that was Edgar. <laughs> Why was it interesting? You look so like you're getting like all red, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to act. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. A, but it's not acting. It's it, you have to to a certain extent. You have to, you know, get camera ready. <laughs> you know, people are always just like Vince. Like you're always like, I, I'm still myself, but you have to be when you're on these things. You have to be yourself. You do have to go a little bit more. Yeah. But it's not. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it acting though. Yeah, but no, for me, that's difficult. Like you do an amazing job. Like how you start your videos, the energy. For me to to in a sense fake that is a little yeah. hard. If it's I'm not, not feeling fake. that way, I, think I it's can't. You got to be excited about what you're doing. Yeah, and then that's when the excitement comes. Hmm. I'm excited about crushing insurance companies. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really film that. Think so. about no, but think it's about that before you get on it. That like transmitting that. That's what I'm saying. Like transmitting that is the and think about right before you, who are you helping? Who are you targeting? Who are you talking to and what you're going to be doing to help these people that if you are able to come across with that message, you're going to be getting more clients that you could help out and crush the insurance company. Yeah. Ah, you're giving me things to think about. Ah, you see, (laughs) you should see how I like, I don't do like a whole warm up, but I'm just like, all right, (sighs) here we go. Ready? (laughs) And then I go and I do it. And then I usually mess up in the first five seconds. I'm like, that shit suck. <laughs> you do it live or, there, or pre-recorded? I do everything pre-recorded. Okay. Most yeah. of the stuff I film, the only thing I film with a camera is is the YouTube stuff. The YouTube where I'm just in front of the camera and it's just me teaching. And everything else I do on my phone. I set it up usually like on top of the grill yeah. or on top of some 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 table with, with a cup holding it or something <laughs> like yeah. that. And I just watch myself and then I just go. I am lucky that I'm able to like usually knock it out in one shot. Yeah, the, see, that's another problem yeah, that I have. Whenever I record myself, I do it like twelve times, <laughs> that's and then I'm good, like, yeah. and then I hate all of them. I'm yeah, because like, usually what happens is this. it gets forget. worse. It gets yeah. worse every time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I got Milan. Milan's my Serbian assassin. I call him. He's my marketing director, and I call I call him the puppet master now. God, Milan, you're so annoying. He's always like, Vince, today I need a video about this. Vince, I need today I need a video about this. Vince, I want a story about this. Vince, I want a, 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 an actual post about this. And it's just like, ah. it becomes it becomes a lot. Yeah. yeah I'm I think sorry. the more you do it, probably the better you get, but I don't know. I apologize if we're like all over your feet all the time and my big fat face is all over your feet. <laughs> I know it is. But. Yeah. Um, we enjoy it. <laughs> another thing is uh, obviously that I like to do is training. And one thing I've noticed on your channel, on your YouTube channel, on Instagram, and stuff like that is the weekly meetings that you guys have with your adjusters 
Correct. Wait, That's those badass. Are those are up in the in the, in the no. We've shared, we've shared some stuff on stories and stuff about that. Well, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Actually, before I get into that, not here's, the actual meetings, right? Here's, <laughs> here's what I really, really love is that you've got you've got adjusters that have their name and then Monarch. Yeah. On their That's Instagram awesome. handle. That shows me that those yeah. people are proud about who they work for. It's not yeah. just like it's just not it's not just like Vince Public Adjuster. It's Vince underscore Monarch. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so the I, reason why I know about the meetings is because people who are, are in the meetings they'll they'll post a quick video. Oh, oh okay. you should see some of the things yeah. that I've seen. <laughs> really? no, I'm, well, no, I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's awesome. Yeah, we yeah, have man. weekly. Well, we have biweekly uh, PA meetings and then biweekly staff meetings. So it and, alternates. Yeah, and every Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays we have a, a morning call. Where we all jump in and just kind of hash out some issues or whatever. Anybody, anybody that's having an issue with the claim, we'll go ahead and talk about it in a team setting. So, and I think that's been helping a lot. Yeah. Because not everybody has something to say, but whoever does can learn, uh, or the other people learn from that uh, instance. So. And how is it like interaction? Like everybody's just like. It's over the phone. It's a Zoom call. It's an early call. morning okay. uh, Zoom call. Because um, before, what's happening is like everybody would come to Edgar, or you know, somebody would go to one person. And either one, it was consuming too much of one person's time, and two, it was not beneficial to the others who didn't have the issue, you know. Or if you bring it up every other week when you have a PA meeting, so this way, um, there's a dedicated time where they can, you know, ask him or anybody else on the call uh, for help, advice. But then everybody else benefits from that scenario, from that example. So, yeah. Tell me about the PA meeting that you do like on the biweekly. That's that's fascinating to me. Like with your adjusters, is it? And I'm asking because we're in the process of hiring PAs now. Next month, we're going to do like a whole thing. We're going to put a thing out and look for public adjusters. And I'm going to have a weekly meeting with my guys too. And girls. I'm sorry. I want to talk about female <laughs> public adjusters too, by the way. Uh, don't let me forget that. Um, is it more, is the meeting more claims oriented? And if there's anything that you don't want to talk about, just let me know. But is it more like claims geared towards claims and the life of the claim and the process and making sure you do this and blah, 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 blah. Or is it towards like sales, getting leads and stuff like that? it's a mix of everything there isn't every meeting is different but i think it's mostly like processes That's awesome. um yeah, yeah processes reiterating either presenting new you know or implementing new things or reiterating you know um processes already in place that we've seen maybe deficiencies in um sometimes specific cases if something happened on a particular case we'll use it as an example you nice. know to help others um yeah that's awesome. Yeah, mostly claim yeah. claim related uh, stuff. Yeah. We do, you know, try to help them get more claims, but that's not the you know the focus. That's the focus fantastic. Is, you know, trying to figure out how do we become more efficient? How do we close claims faster? How do we close claims for more? Yeah. So talk about everything. Anything that's important. It's like what I was talking about. You know, when you find out that one of your guys signed like a bunch of claims six months ago and nothing's been you know that's yeah, every that, that, every yeah. <laughs> we also have other processes in place for yeah. that we have a lot of processes in place but um we use those meetings just to maybe remind the adjusters of what they already need to be doing right yeah. public adjusters do not understand especially new public adjusters everybody thinks it's about sign 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 yeah. sign so i like that you guys are focused on hey you know what you know you can sign as many claims as you want but if they don't get paid you don't get paid. Exactly. And it's not just getting paid. I know that's the end goal, but honestly, there's so many other things that go into it and especially like the service, like the client. And that's something that we talk about in our staff meetings and our PA meetings is the customer service. Always like, you know, staying on top of, you know, 
the, staying on top of the claim, keeping the client informed. So yeah, the end goal is the money and getting the claim settled, um, but everything in between is also equally important. To you us. said processes, processes, processes. Do you guys so write everything processes. down? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. I'm in the process of no, doing of, that. Of, process, <laughs> of processes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have like a huge like manual? Like, is there like a big thing? So we have like a manual for for the PAs, which we're, we actually had a meeting today about I a new process. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're always, we're always improving. And that's something we tell all of our staff. Everybody who works here knows like they have to be able to adapt and to change because we're always changing things for the better. Not because they don't work, but we find a way that, and we always find a way to make things better. Um, so we're always adapting and making changes to the process. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pry a little bit. Again, you stop me when you, whenever you want, but mm -hmm. like, is it like on a Word document? Is it like on some kind of like special software that you have it? Cause I'm in the middle of it. I've got everything on a Word document. I, we use Google for everything. Everything's G Suite. Uh, we've got all our processes. I kind of separated into like a field adjuster, desk adjuster kind of role, which is just basically, it's it's really the same thing, but it, I have a, we have a process on, once you get the referral, um, the questions you should ask on the facts of law, scheduling a time walking into the house looking for the damage where to look for the damage uh you know how to spot different things how to read the policy it's kind of what i do in my course too but that's for like the pas that go out to sign the claim and then what they have to do to submit the claim to our our staff which is the desk adjuster but then the desk adjuster also has a process of calling in the claim sending an initial letter sending our our lor you know, so on and so forth. Is that sort of like? It's similar. We don't. I, so you have an inside adjuster. So whoever the person that signs your claims doesn't handle the claims. Yes, the sign, person who signs the claim handles the claims. But we have an inside adjuster who does a lot of the follow up. We'll put the POL together once the estimate comes Is in. Is that a PA as well? Sorry, yes, to cut you off. also a PA. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's kind of the same process. I guess we call it differently. We have a different system. Yeah. But we have the PAs, and then we have our administrative assistants. Right. Who handle. I guess sort of like what your desk exactly yeah. so they have a different um, manual so we have something where the PA starts and ends and then we have something where the administrative starts and ends so is the manual in a word document yes it it's like a word document yeah. okay yes, I'm so old it's school, not so it's a, too complicated yeah. it's just yeah. a process yeah. do you have it printed out too and you have like a whole book and everything I, or? I printed out once and binded it and made it look all pretty but then we realized it was kind of like a waste of paper so yeah. now it's just like a people do not understand yeah. the importance of policies and procedures of SOPs no and more importantly, I think the ones that are, that, that put those uh, policies and procedures in place also need to know how to enforce them. Uh, and that's something that we're actually working on now. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, the answer to the questions that the staff has or the PAs, whatever it may be, it's in those books already, right? And, and the, it took and the guidelines. many, many, many hours yeah. and people won't go through and knowledge it. But, to put this yeah. together. And then people ask you a question that's like... In Correct. Their <laughs> and you're like, dude, look at the thing. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to start doing. <laughs> so people come and we'll buy, you know, out of instinct to just answer the question. So now we're shifting that. So like direct them back to the, to yeah. the manual. That's awesome. So I just finished a book called Rocket Fuel. And now I'm reading the second book of it. It's called Traction. Somebody else recommended me that book. It was probably Walker me. Field. It was probably me. I think so. It might have been. <laughs> um, and it talks about, was it Rocket Fuel? I'm sorry. No, it was the E-Myth. Uh, the E-Myth is the entrepreneurial myth. And the myth of the, the entrepreneurial myth is that that the bigger you grow, the more work you have to do, like the more you have to put in the work. But anyway, it talks about if you are able to basically turn your business into its own product, for example, not that you would ever want to sell it or anything, but yeah, that is the sort of, that is kind of the idea. Let's say 10 years down the road, you have something in place and you could just basically say, what was the name again? I forgot. Pat. Pat, Pat here is our business. 
And Pat, who's not a public adjuster, could just say, okay, look, this is a successful business. How do I run this business? Um, and Pat could just look at it and just based on the manual and based on it, he could start running the business just mm-hmm. like that. It helps because you know, the more the more policies and procedures you have in place, the more you actually have time to be creative about other things. Exactly. Starting new ventures, starting new stuff like that. And it's what separates the good companies from the bad. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in addition to uh, working with supervising adjusters now, like I told you, we're also restructuring a little bit more uh, so that more people have more specific tasks, including myself, and I'm able to do what I think I'm the best at, right? Uh, and then let somebody else, like, for example, um, continue to expand the business. or So that's something, all of that is taking place as we yeah. speak. Because <laughs> it's we're, all brewing we're, right now. We're at that point where like, the, the little company mentality is not really working for us anymore. So now we need to you know, think, <laughs> think a little bit. I agree. I've been telling my people, I'm like, I should not be going out signing a lot of these claims. I should not be going out to some of these inspections. Like, it's just kind of a waste of my time because yeah. at this point I need to be doing, I don't know, other things, you know, especially like networking too is very important. Sometimes we get so involved inside of it. Yeah. We need to go out and network as well, especially yeah. as the owners of a company. Yeah. That's badass. But See? To have those things in place so that when you grow and expand, you don't have those, you know, growing pains because you already took care of that in events. Yeah. See, this is another thing that we might be having a conference call I don't want all your secrets, but I might be picking your brains. But this secrets. is why. But this is why I wanted to have the podcast with you guys. I find you guys very interesting. I find your Thank company you. very interesting, and I think I it's awesome. It. I think it's. A, I think you guys got a pretty well-oiled machine. Maybe not yet, but right, you're still working on it. And like I said, I mean, I think five years already is is very impressive and very and it's really cool that when you said policies and procedures, that's it. I knew that I made the right decision of doing this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know. Work, what else. work in progress, but. Yeah. You know, we're getting better every day. Um, do you guys have a process on your biweekly meetings? Is there like, a, is there a structure to the meeting? There's a PowerPoint. So um, we gather in between meetings, which is two weeks. Anything that comes up, anything that's relevant, that's important. I can't wait for a meeting because it's something urgent. Then, you know, I go put out a message or something, you know, uh, one of our chats. Um but usually we gather and share like, you know, topics or things that we think that are important, feedback that we get from our staff or from other adjusters. And then um, our director of operations puts together a PowerPoint. And then yeah. and some, we something we're doing that we're going to start doing again that we were doing for a while was that oh, yeah. our, uh, our apprentices, we would have them pitch the contract to us, the PA like contract. A, like a mock sign-up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then they would do it, and then everybody would give them, um, what's it called? Feedback. Feedback. So it would be in advance. You know, like this PA would be like, okay, this week um, you're going to be the PA, and then we would choose somebody like to be the homeowner, right, um, which is another PA. And then, so they'd have time. It wasn't like on the spot. You know, they'd have time to prepare, understand, read the contract. And then during the meeting, they had a little bit of time, you know, to to present. And then that PA who's pretending to be the homeowner um, would ask those difficult questions that you know a homeowner would ask. So it kind of makes them uncomfortable, but in a comfortable setting where you have, you know, your peers giving you feedback, helping you answer those questions. Is this like after like the referrals there or is it like a door-to-door thing? No, no. This is like at a lead that they, no, not door-to-door. Like That's also good to train though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we don't do a lot of door-to-door. Me neither. What, what we've done, ha- we haven't been great at it. I think, at least for me, I don't. I don't have that sell salesy uh, <laughs> uh, approach that's necessary for that. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Door-to-door. Like I'm not a good salesperson, but I'm a good closer. 
If that makes any yeah. sense. Like I, I, I that door to door, like, you know, or like selling something or being pushy. I'm not good at being pushy. But if you let me in your house, I'm probably gonna, like 99% going to walk out of there with a contract. <laughs> I think the three of us are actually identical with that. I think uh, I'm more, I'm better at, like I told you guys, I think earlier, I'm better at building relationships with people. Like, let me, I'd rather build a relationship with a contractor, build relationships with just different professionals, and then my referrals will come eventually. That's kind of like you guys do it, right? But I've also learned that through this, because I get messages from just all different kinds of PAs, there are PAs that really enjoy the door to door. That's what they like, and that's what they're good at. They've got pitches, they've got answers to like certain rejections. Yeah. So, like, I'm not interested. There's like a follow up to that, yeah. you know? That's, that'd be kind of some cool. Yeah. You might have some PAs in here that would like to go out door to door, keeps them busy, keeps them moving, you never know, especially after a storm. Yeah. Something well, like we've that. done it after a storm. Like, we, yeah. after a storm, especially like in the panhandle and stuff, we have done it. We have PAs that have yeah. uh, done in it. Louisiana or, too. Yeah. So after a storm, yeah, but just like randomly, just, uh, I mean, just me personally, I don't, it's not yeah, something I did I it once in Hialeah because that's where my, and that's you where know, you got our the clients. best chances of, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, we only got one, uh, <laughs> we yeah. like 10 PAs. You got one yeah. lead <laughs> and 12 cafecitos. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't want, but you want some coffee? I just made some. <laughs> I got offered cafecito three times today. <laughs> that doesn't happen in Tampa. <laughs> we can make you some cafecito when we're done. I think I probably want one. Okay. Wait, wait. What happened to the uh, champagne? Like, the Bro, I don't know. You know. I'm going to roll it out. I can uh, roll it out. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did I want? Oh, so in the book Rocket Fuel, they have an outline. It's called a level 10 meeting. You should look at it. And the idea is that if you follow this process, at the end of the meeting, everybody actually rates the meeting. Everybody goes around and they rate whether the uh, on a scale of one to ten on what the meeting is. And if you do the whole meeting correctly and you follow it to a T, everybody's supposed to give it a level ten. Okay. Gotcha. After we did a workshop here, and uh, we did that after the the workshop, we kind of did a anonymous um, survey. Survey, and. Um, yeah. <laughs> no tense. No, that was interesting. <laughs> no, yeah, you see that. I mean, that that tells you, like, you know, you know how how that your meetings are really. We never did it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you should do it because then maybe you could get better. You know, I don't know. It's At all the about getting better. Of other, <laughs> other yeah. people suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really like how you guys do that. Definitely not a fly by night public adjusting firm. You guys are in it to win it. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. We're, we're all about first putting the client first yeah that's that's the first thing for us and uh we everybody wants to grow right but we want to do it organically we want to do it the right way we're not trying to get from here to you know the billions yeah. uh, overnight so and that says a lot um because you know we're willing to take our time and and do things right that i think that this business lends itself for the opposite for people that just want to make a quick buck right. and get out and those are the people that give us the wrong the bad name absolutely right? So, yeah. And those are the people we don't want in our business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, those are the people that give us the bad names. And it's also the insurance companies that exploit those people to make sure that these are the only public adjusters there are. These are the ones that are doing. And it's just like, no, wait, there's actually good public adjusters out there. That's why I love the meetups that we started doing is the the, the groups that we get. It's all the good PAs. Like, yeah. it's awesome how we all just get together, talk shop. You guys coming to Jacksonville or what? I'm not, man. <laughs> you just looked at me dead in the eye like, no, I am because not. Because Amy... A <laughs> He's like, no. Amy that handles the uh, the social media, yeah. 
she told me about it. I'm like, yes, I saw it, but it's in Jacksonville. Like, uh, yeah, we got to, everybody's begging for me to do one here in Miami. We're going to do one again. In yes. Miami. Or Broward. I, yeah. I mean, if it's West two Palm, hours, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> I love it. People from Miami don't like to drive longer than 30 minutes <laughs> because everywhere you go is longer than 30 minutes with traffic. So like when you mention like, you know, you have no idea. I've been doing the, the GPS here and I just forgot. It's so funny because in Tampa, if something is, I don't know, five miles away, it's like five minutes away here it's 30 minutes away for five miles it's crazy it's not just the traffic it's also the light every other street well for me it's the traffic because there's no lights on the turnpike you know i was late today right traffic freaking this 120th street is the worst Yes, that was horrible this morning god and then 127th i don't know this the avenue right before the one where you get off on the turnpike what is that 120th oh that was horrible like i kept going turn around made a u-turn and then made a right because if you wait that for that left there i mean you're either going to be there for an hour and you might get t-boned you know from somebody <laughs> yeah because there's no light there, there's an arrow or but everybody light. just takes the arrow and it's like oh it's crazy yeah. i think miami driving has been voted the worst in the country several times and rudest drivers in tampa <laughs> sure. in tampa when you leave a parking lot or you leave like a gas station or whatever the cars will stop to allow you to go onto the road <laughs> and here they're like purposely like drive you off the road and when you like, put your blinker on they will like slow down so that you can change <laughs> lanes it's <laughs> oh yeah here you yeah. cannot put your blinker on no, they'll you put, accelerate yes you got to just cut them off exactly yeah. um you guys are located where besides florida or so, licensed licensed yeah, licensed, not located, I guess, licensed. Louisiana, Texas, uh, South Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, and there's another, Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Get ready. And Do Nevada, you, too, didn't. The where? Nevada? Isn't uh, I'll be. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, you ever, if he's finalized it no? yet. Okay. Do you, have your, uh, do you have your SOPs ready for the different policies and the different coverages? Ah, uh, no. No, we do not. We do <laughs> not. We're, we're actually process, getting yeah. man. I got claims in Texas right now that I'm like, yeah, I'm like waiting to make the next step, and I'm like, eh, let me ask this guy. Let me ask this guy because in Florida I got it down, but like it's just different. Well, it's kind of like one of those things that you roll with the punches, right? So we're we're licensed in those states, and Louisiana we're pretty active. In Texas we have a few claims. We actually remember I talked, I spoke to you recently. I told you we hadn't signed anything. Yeah finally got a few in. I think nice. you were out there when we spoke to you. Yeah. Was I? I think so. Or you were you had come back. I think I had come back. Yeah. But since we're not like full blown into these states yet, right. we're kind of just, you know, taking it as it comes. That's where the door to door comes in. Yeah. Yeah, no, we brutal. that's the only way that, that we were able to get claims in those. Actually no, in Texas it was through a water contractor. mitigation. Yeah, contractor, water mitigation company yeah. stuff like that. It's hard the out of state stuff. Do you have guys there? Do you have people there? No, they we come have, and go. Yeah, we have. That's people. the hard part is yeah. when they schedule a reinspection. It's like, ah, oh, because you need somebody there. You need to have a body there. Yeah. And to make a flight just for an inspection, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. What we do is, uh, since we have claims in Louisiana as well, if, if somebody has a claim in Louisiana, we'll try to put it together with somebody else's claims. Like an adjuster will assign a claim to, or Alex will assign it to Ricky, and then Ricky takes care of all those claims on his trip so that not both of them are going back and forth. Gotcha, gotcha. So we help each other like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think we've established you guys got a nice family atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. But it wouldn't hurt to have somebody local, which is something that we're looking into yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm looking into that as well. Yeah, yeah especially as you expand and you have... More claims, more people there. Than How many adjusters do you guys have now? 21. We actually what? were reviewing that today. Yeah. That 21, is 22. Right? 22. 22. 22. 22. Sorry, 22. That's a lot of adjusters. adjusters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You guys said you were incorporating something that I found pretty interesting. Do you want to share that or no? 
the, the supervising adjuster? Yeah, yeah. Not really. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. You don't have to. This won't air. <laughs> Why not? Yet. Of course it's going to air. <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying not yet. Like, we'll, we'll get, probably get to establish that before. Yeah, so just something we're going to try out. It's a concept. Out. We won't say, yeah, it's a concept. We won't say concept. much. But, um, and we actually have in place. So it's not like, a, it's not a secret. We have supervising adjusters right now in place where they supervise um, not just apprentices, but the newer PAs that still need to learn the ropes and they get to shadow them, uh, review their claims with them, their documents. So we're looking to expand that concept of supervising adjusters. Well, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you have to hold much back because I'm pretty sure after this podcast airs, you're gonna have like people wanting to come work here. Huh? Hey, look, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because we are looking for more people to join the team, but we're being extremely extremely selective with the people that come. Let's talk about that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you don't have to have a lot of qualities. You don't have to have a lot of knowledge, um, but you have to be a right fit. Yes. Right fit. You have to have the right mindset. You have to have the right drive. Uh, There are certain uh, values there that you have to come with that, you know, will qualify you to be able to. Do you guys have core values? We do. Not official, not (laughs) written ones, but yeah, but uh, unspoken ones. Put them on paper. Yeah. Actually, I do. I do have them. I just don't put them on paper. I have them. I had to do an exercise for a course that I was doing and I have them. I just I don't have them in front of me. (laughs) Yeah. Put them on paper. And whenever somebody comes in, obviously they go through whatever hiring process, but they need to understand what the core values of your company are. No. And the hiring has to be based upon those those core values. Like we have to ask absolutely that that do that have to do with those core. values. Do you give any kind of assessments? We do. Assessments for what? Sorry. Like personality assessments, strengths, weaknesses, stuff like that. How they are at work, how they are at home. Well, we have a pretty like thorough interview, you know, with them. And okay. one of the things that we look for in anybody that we hire, staff, or PAs or anybody is that they're the right fit like for our culture, our company and those core values that we know what they are, but they're not written. Like we know what we're looking for. And when we interview or meet someone, we know if that person will be a right fit for the team, regardless of their experience, just as long as they are trainable, adaptable, and have the drive and what we're looking for, those are the qualities we look for more than experience or, you know, prior knowledge. That's awesome. Um, we give... all on paper. <laughs> you got to put it on paper for sure. And let them know. Do you give them like uh, any new adjuster that comes in, do you give them like a... Like a period of, of like of like a trial, like what, a one month, three months. Is he month? like a? <laughs> Am I asking too many questions? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, were you, know you why? listening I, to us today? No, because no, no, we're like oh, we, we literally had today. a meeting earlier today about this. I think and we're implementing that, so we're like, wait. Yeah. I know? think it's funny because I think you guys have been in it for five years. So just to give you a quick background on me, I've obviously I've been an adjuster for almost 14 years, uh, but I always worked for Key Biscayne Claim Adjusters until about four months ago. A lot of people don't know oh, that. Oh, really? No, we didn't know that. Right. So I worked for Century Adjusting year one, and then I worked for, I, I wasn't ready after I left. After one year, I wasn't ready to start my own firm. So my thing was, all right, I'm going to work. I found a, a buddy of mine worked for Keep His Gain Claim Adjusters, and I was like, I'll work for Keep His Gain for about one or two years, and then I'll do my own thing. I mean, after working with Richard, he was the owner. I uh, still the owner. I mean, it was like a match made in heaven. He was a mentor to me, big brother to me, and, and one or two years ended up being 12. Yeah. Uh, but then now he's got another business venture going and I decided, hey, I've got this commercial claims advocate thing going. Yeah. I've always had Elite Resolutions, which is my company, but yeah. it, it, you know, I was paid through my company. And I just told him, I said, I think it's time. He's like, absolutely, it's totally time. So just four months ago, I went on my own. 
But now that we have Commercial Claims Advocate as its own business and we've got Elite Resolutions, Commercial Claims Advocate is obviously more education. We've got courses, membership, stuff like that. Elite Resolutions is the commercial, is the claim side. Um, and I'm in the process of doing all this. I'm in the process okay. of doing the policies and procedures. I yeah. just wrote down my core values. Uh, I've got assessments that I give uh, any new employee that comes. We've got four employees now and two adjusters. Um, but I want to make sure that when I bring on new adjusters that I've got a process in place, which is why I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why I'm and talking about And that's exactly this. what we're implementing now. Like today, we actually met about this. Yeah. Uh, for the new, well, we kind of had a process in place, but we're just we're tweaking that and we're yeah. including it assessments. Paper. It was on paper, like the training, you know. But um, it's more formal now. It's more. There so, are going to be assessments and other things. Yeah. So we use the culture index is our first assessment that we give. Um, if they sort of get past the first like process, which is basically going to be myself and my administrative assistant, because she's the one who's going to be working directly with them, then we'll give them the uh, the the Clifton Clifton Strength Finder, which tells you their top fifty or is it top twenty? I think it's top fifty character strengths. Your top ten is basically who you are, and then as you get lower, it's like becomes like your weaknesses and stuff yeah. and it can be anything from like harmony consistency positivity learner you know all kinds of stuff uh, and then if they do well with that and they're starting to fit in then we may depending on the role we give them what's called the CCAT which actually measures their intelligence and their willingness to learn new things so if it's like yeah. an administrative I, role I need to write all these things you have a pen and paper right there you can write it down <laughs> Everything starts at the culture index. How about this? Uh, I think we should all like help each other. Yeah. You show me yours and I'll show you mine. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Not right now. I say, I'll just watch. Uh, wow, <laughs> look at that. There it is. And we haven't even had a drink yet, ladies and gentlemen. What was the second culture index? CCAT was the one in between. The CCAT was for the intelligence. And the, the one of the most important ones, I would say, it's uh, Clifton Strength Finder. Clifton. Now, the Clifton Strength Finder. Reminded Clifton notes. Or? Yeah, I don't know. The Strength Finder, that costs 50 bucks each time you do it. So that's why that was, you want to do that more, I guess, towards the middle to the end when you have a good idea that this yeah. is who you want. And then you give them that and that just sort of solidifies. Who do you, you do got. this in the like interviewing process or once they're on board, you... Before... So what we're going to do, and again, we I'm, I'm, I'm acting like we were, we're already, I've established it, we're still in the process, but what I'm going Speak to do... Speak it into existence. Exactly. <laughs> starting next month, once we put out a video, we're going to introduce the logo, which, aha, uh -huh, nobody even knows this, but that's our logo. Oh, nice. That looks good. Right? It's a shield. Yeah. It's a shield. What was yeah. it, the name? Uh, Elite, Elite resolutions. resolutions. The idea is that these things, it's abstract. It's, in my opinion, water, fire, lightning, you know, whatever, stuff like it's that. It's nice. I like it. I like the colors. Um... What was I going to say? So uh, I'm going to have them fill out an application. That's going to be number one. And to me, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to hire adjusters with full-time jobs. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but yeah, look at <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't say anything. Uh, and uh, that's for me. Like with full-time other jobs, uh, at least part-time, you know? And that's probably going to be one thing. And then the next thing will be... As soon as they fill out the application, we'll review the application. If they pass that part, first thing before I even talk to them, culture index. Just like that. Because I feel culture index, and I'll show you guys after the show. It's got A, B, C, and D. Your A is actually your autonomy. You're willing to just sort of go out there, social. It's usually like sales guys and stuff like that. Your D is your attention to detail. So what you want is your administrative person, you might want to have a low A, yeah. high D. But your public adjuster, you're going to want them to be more high A. And low D is okay or somewhere around the middle. But anyway, that's how... First thing is culture index. So yes, and then I will speak to them 
if I like them after that, and that's when in my, I think what I'm going to do is explain to them what our core values are, what we're all about, so on and so forth. And yeah, I would like to give them a one or three month, like, yeah. hey, this is just to see how I, this I goes. Either I don't know, he was a fly on the wall <laughs> this morning. <laughs> I think great minds think alike. I think you pocket dialed, like butt dialed him, and he was in the meeting with us. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that after the after the podcast. I think I think great minds think alike. I think that's what it yeah. is. You know, you know what it is. We all think with the right side of the brain. Because we're all left-handed. Yeah, everybody else thinks with the wrong side. Dude, wrong that's side. crazy. You know that 90% of the population is right-handed, right? Yeah, we're 10%. And all three of us here. That's so the weird. Oh, you're lefty too? No way. Oh, wow. Man. This is that, weird. Yeah. Four lefties in one room. And there's no one else in the room. And there's nobody else. That's crazy. 100% of us in here that is are crazy. part of that 10%. That's crazy. I don't know if Pat was a lefty too. Damn, Pat. That's going to be one of our... Call. I'm, I'm going to start... Are you a lefty or right? must be a lefty. No, yeah. <laughs> you must be a lefty to work with us. That's it. Do you guys but, have... I want to talk about... You got to go? No, no, no. Sorry. What are you looking at your watch for, man? Oh, it was just a message. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need more female public adjusters. I agree. Yeah, we do. How many female public adjusters do you guys have? We have four Three. now. Three. No, four. Oh, four. Four. Yes. Yuli, Becky, Edgar. Myself. Don't forget. No, I never forget. There's four. <laughs> you know things. <laughs> it's Friday. Four. Blend in a little bit. It's four. It's four. Yeah. I think we need more. I think. I think. I think females could really excel in this industry. They already do. Yeah. I mean. No, I know. I know. Her. <laughs> I know, but I mean, we we've got our YouTube numbers. We've got uh, analytics and stuff like that. It's like 95 percent guys. It's ridiculous. At least who follow my channel. I don't know. Maybe it's just my ugly face or something like that. There's no girls, but you know. <laughs> well, maybe not now. We'll... Now because we have you. Because here, I think it's gonna get worse. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, I just think because the way the, the the I think the position itself, helping others, listening to their problems, listening to their issues, coming coming to a house after usually a severe event has occurred, I think. There's certain men who are, I'm, I personally, I'm good at it. I know how to sympathize with the person, but I just think that's, I think women could do a hell of a job in that role. Yeah, and we already are. Some of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to definitely make an effort to hire some female public adjusters. And even at you the should. meetups, we don't have, we don't have that many females. Well, the next time we have one in Miami, we'll make sure to bring Yuli. You need to be you need to be the advocate for more female public adjusters. Female that could be the niche. Female claim advocate. Oh. Pat, <laughs> Pat, that's your job, buddy. <laughs> you got to go after the female public adjusters, my friend. There's got to be a lot of them out there. We run into recently. We went inspection where the engineer, the contractor, they were all females, and I was there with another female. I was the only guy, and he was the only <laughs> what? guy. What? Yeah. But not the only lefty. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> That's awesome. Now That's you awesome. know how uh, how we feel when we show up and actually I don't feel any kind of way. I didn't no, when I feel any kind of Especially way. if I, I go was, like if I drive my husband's truck, I love that. Like I pull up in the truck and they're waiting and then I step out and I'm like, Oh, that's what? hilarious. Like they're so like mind boggled. Like, what? You're, you're the adjuster? Or on the phone, I'll ask you, What can I speak to the adjuster? I can't discuss, I have to discuss with the adjuster. I'm like, I'm I am the adjuster. It's so crazy the things that we don't realize that women have to go through. It doesn't bother me though. I'm not. No, I enjoy it. Like I, I can I, imagine, yeah. but I just think it's funny. Like for instance, if you were to work here late in the office till like twelve o'clock at night, we don't care when we walk out to our car. We don't even think about it. A woman thinks twice about that. Yes, well, or no? I think twice because it's dark as hell. <laughs> Come on, Edgar. <laughs> what happened to your CrossFit, bro? Get out of here. Yeah, uh, uh, my CrossFit is nothing against it's the not gun. Bulletproof. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. 
Yeah. But no, am I right true. or wrong? I mean, it's yeah, kind of true. true. Sometimes. The day um, when we went to that inspection, I, I felt completely out of, felt place. out of place. Well, and not because I was surrounded by women, but because I was, I was white. like, you, you, got, you don't need me. Like, but that's you, how women you know, feel every day. You, no, you all look good. not really. No, not to be on, to be honest. No, I mean, I, I, I know this whole like feminist movement thing, whatever. I feel like I can do everything, probably not everything that a man can do, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to like yeah I know if I had to do it I, I'll either do it I'll get it done somebody will do it for me but I don't want to I don't want to do everything that a man she's does my, she's a Miami girl bro you yeah, see she's like, like, you gotta do that shit for me smart. it's like I wanna do this I wanna do that no I don't let them do it I don't wanna change a light bulb I don't wanna build shit like no you guys do it I could if I wanted to but I don't want to yeah yeah so, I guess I don't blame you I don't blame yeah, you so I'm not all about that you know feminism thing um, when I do the next meetup in Miami, where should I do it? The place we went to is, was pretty good. <laughs> no, it can't be. No, so we changed it up a little bit. It's not just like a happy hour thing. It's good. I want it to be education. Edgar, it's educational. Jesus, oh, Edgar. So wait, we, we can't get lit? I mean, uh, have drinks? <laughs> well, we're going to get lit, but... We're going to get lit the hour before, during, and then the hour after. But the, the hour number two is going to be, like, for instance, in Jacksonville, we've got, we've got a room where there's going to be open bar. Uh, but then also in that room, there's going to be seats so that we can have presenters but in the front. What kind of venue is it? It's Dave & Buster's. Oh, okay. But it's in one of their, like, big rooms. Okay, like an event room or something. Yeah, but it's not just going to be, like, a bunch of people just walking around. It's, it's going to be, like, seats. So after it's six to seven is get lit seven to eight is going to be education oh and then, really educational after happy hour. i don't know we'll see and then eight to nine get more lit it, well i mean like at your event you know more than me about this 100 percent. but i from an outsider's perspective <laughs> if you get lit before the, ah, the education well see we've been learning as we go so we'll see how this is the first time that we do it like this so we'll see what happens should do it at the what's that place the guys go to skating hot wheels or something yeah. <laughs> oh god no no then you're lit and uh skating um, i don't know i don't know what i'm thinking about Miami. are you going to the wind conference next month i think so but the problem is there's a conference before that uh in galveston cal oh. spoon he's got i can't remember sorry cal i can't remember the name of his <laughs> conference but it's the weekend before in in galveston texas these conferences add up okay yeah. they're not cheap you know even though what the windstorm is like 480 475 yeah. yeah. plus the stay plus the stay which for you maybe since you're not too far right tampa oh that's right yeah but it's like an hour away it's well i mean you don't want to drive back like. yeah but it's like two days no yeah it's, like of the yeah. content yes it's two days you know what you're right it's only an hour and a half yeah maybe i'll just drive there and you back you just can't do the happy hour you gotta like oh that's true <laughs> i like the happy hour yeah and that's an expensive uber ride it is an expensive uber ride i would not do uber no that <laughs> uh, wouldn't happen um all right so are, are we gonna get some drinks or what is that gonna happen so you or i want to roll them out now good what do you got i got anything you want what do you like to drink <laughs> uh what do you got there Man, I'm glad you guys have your shit together. Yeah, because well, we try. I had the feeling. Well, when I had the feeling, that's why, like, I asked you guys. Well, when you helped me with the thing, I found that badass. So that was one thing. Um, but I had a feeling. I just had a feeling. I could just tell just following your social media stuff. Like, just the fact that you have meetings and stuff like that, yeah. I think is very cool. And I like structure. Structure is like super important. Yeah. In any aspect of life. In any aspect of life. Um, Another thing that we're doing, which I'd like to invite you guys for, um, is we're doing, we're starting expert courses. So not courses, 
expert. Uh, la, 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 la. Did you see my social media yesterday where I was interviewing, not interviewing, but I was shooting uh, uh, David Farber and I, I was shooting uh, Mario? What I want to do is um, every, you know, I have the YouTube show where it's just me educating about something. Mm-hmm. Well, every, we do that every other week. Well, I want once a month to have uh, a guest expert do like their own show. Like it's okay. still my show, yeah. but like they do it sort of my format and then they do the show. So if you guys are interested, I'd like to have one of you guys there. No, I want you to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. She's great at pitching, so I, I would... You'd it's probably just educating be- something. It's yeah. just educating about something. But I think another thing I want to start doing is really just promoting the good public adjusting firms out there, too. Yeah. There's a lot of them. You know? Are there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there are. If you yeah. come to one of my meetups, you'll see. Yeah. If, they're not, if they're not great PA firms yet, they're great PAs. Yeah. Which I think, you know, eventually becomes great PA firms. Gotcha. Just the bad ones are the ones. Yeah, they don't. Up. They don't care to attend uh, any. Yeah, that's why. As soon as you said, "Oh, like all the PAs that come to my meetups are great PAs," and I said, and I thought to myself, "Well, they must be because the ones that are bad don't care or don't even take the time to yeah. go meet other PAs, or especially not other great PAs." Yeah, yeah. They're too self-centered and small-minded to. Yeah. Well, and they're the ones that don't. They're not going to take the time to even look at the videos that I put out and some of the education that I do and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Yuli would be great for the. Sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we wanna. How much? Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 Thank you for having me. Oh. For Welcome. Thank you for coming. I'm already making a mess. Ooh, that's smooth. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. You should give. Uh, you should give Pat a mic. Not right now. I'm just saying, like in general, like because he's got he's got uh, some interesting comments over there. Did you see the one that he? Did? Oh, you did. Because I, I think you liked it. Uh, the one that he did at the mall. Uh, what is oh, a PA? Yeah, a public adjuster. Did you watch that? Or maybe your team liked it. Which one? He did what He did a. I probably saw it. So he did this little thing where he went to the mall. Yeah. And just yes, yes, yes. I did see that. People. That was really funny. Yeah. yeah. More of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, more of that. Asking people yeah. like what if they knew what a public adjuster was. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah more of that. The more uncomfortable I get while doing something, the better it'll come out. Sure, sure. <laughs> that one was definitely up there on uncomfortableness. Yeah, I think that's reaching random people and just no one wants to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Like, I'm not even trying to sell them anything. Yeah, I know. Weird. Yeah, well, that's life, right? The more uncomfortable things you do, the better. Yeah. You have to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was re- that was really fun. That, that was, was really fun. Idea, More of that, Pat. More of yeah. that. Yeah. And it was his idea. Yeah? yeah. Nice. No pressure, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come up with some great ideas, buddy. <laughs> I think there was only one aspect that I, I forgot earlier of the 305 bill, something about advertising, but we don't know the details, right? Yeah, we don't know the details yet. There's yeah, something that's, that's going to affect too, right? the advertisement. You, supposedly, you can't you mention can't, insurance and you can't mention damage and something. And, and that's like, you can't do like, I guess we can't do like Google ads. I'm not really? sure. I haven't seen the specifics of it. I haven't it. heard about that. Yeah. So that's if well. it's if it's advertising that's electronic, that means you can't do Google Ads. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. When are we gonna get to see like the? Fabia should be doing a brief a briefing of it. Um, yeah, there's something. We'll see. I think there's a huge problem that insurance companies and and the, the legislature right is is. Uh, basically attacking the homeowner and the policyholder rather than attacking the problem, right? And I think the problem mainly is the claims handling practices that insurance companies have in place. Why isn't anybody looking yeah. at that right now? They're attacking us, pretty much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so why do we get have to you know pay for their mistakes? 
I was asked to do a podcast and they sent the list of topics that they wanted to talk about and they kept going to insurance fraud, insurance fraud, insurance fraud. And it was always consumer fraud, consumer fraud, consumer fraud. And what I told him, it was just like, you know, it's funny. When you say insurance fraud, you automatically think of the policyholder and the consumer. When the three of us deal with on a daily basis, it's sometimes borderline insurance fraud on the insurance company side. Yep. Yeah. And they get away with it. And they get away with it. Yeah. Because they're the big companies, they're the insurance company, and you know, I think people need to realize that the difficulty that how they make they make our lives very difficult. Yeah. And these bills that pass, I think what you just touched on, it doesn't necessarily hurt it, it they're trying to hurt us when all they're doing is hurting the policyholder. Yeah. Right. Through us because they know that we are the ones educating and you know, advocating for the homeowners. So that's how they get the homeowners. That's how they hurt them. And you know how? They come together. So they all come together against us. But I think after today that we realize we are going to be coming together. So, yeah. you know, I think we could all do it. We could figure it out. One thing, I, I, a message I get all the time is, Vince, are you concerned about there not being a PA industry or PAs going away? I have been answering that question for 13 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten harder, but we always yeah find a way. I sent somebody, I was talking with Mario yesterday. Hey, H, he's like, sent me something about, oh, HB 305 passed. And we were talking about it earlier. I said, you just got to bob and weave. So I started sending him gifs <laughs> of like bobbing and weaving and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you just got to keep rolling with the punches. And I think in a way, I mean, I don't necessarily like the changes, but, and I just think that it, it makes it a little harder, but it, it also makes it so that the strong are the only ones that survive, right? Absolutely. Which, the strong right. ones, the good ones, yes. those are the ones you have yeah. want to have in place. Yeah. So in Georgia, they don't have appraisal. In Georgia, they don't have attorney fees and costs. That's the one, in my opinion. We can't lose that. That's pretty important. Yeah, because yeah. after a claim is denied, like, what are you going to do? If, yeah. if you got if the well, insurer has to hire an attorney, pay you and we will have to. To be honest, we will have to study policy a lot more. I think us. I think we obviously we're very experienced. We're very good at what we do. But you know, I think we could also be better at coming up with counter arguments, reading into the policy a little bit more in depth and the language and the, I mean, the difference between the the difference between an and and an or sometimes in a policy, it's like, it's a, it makes a huge difference. And I think all of us could get a little bit better. And I think what happens is, I don't even know if you'd be saying this in the (laughs) podcast, but like, I think what happens is because we've got that line of defense in the back, we kind of, think a little bit sometimes yeah not us not here uh oh i settle 90 percent of my claims yeah well our our settlement rate uh, before getting an attorney involved is a little bit lower than that uh but we do dive real deep into the policies and we make counter arguments Mm -hmm. like hell like that's what that's what i love doing uh we actually have a folder of templates Mm -hmm. of all the emails that have been sent and other pieces emails so you can always pick from those arguments um, so yeah, we don't, we're the type that we dive deep and if we don't know, we always ask too, you know? So, yeah, and the reason we have so many, um, or that rate is lower is because we don't take any BS. Um, you know, we don't just sit around the claims if they don't make a cover termination and, you know, we're not just going to sit here and wait six, seven, eight months, you know, Correct. You no, know ultimately, and we have more importantly, we, we know what the value of the claim is. It's not based on a percentage, it's not based I on know. Yeah. So oh, I know. I always get this percentage of my yeah. estimate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big mistake. I know. Uh, sure. And again, there's a process in place for that. Ah. <laughs> there's a process. So, the, the point is that if we don't get that number or above, 
we're we're not going to settle that claim unless the client tells us guys like that's yeah, it. ultimately it's a client's decision ultimately it's under, a client's decision you know, yes. but guidance. that's that's something that that's why we don't settle most of our claims because you want to go to litigation well not most we'll do whatever we need yeah, yeah, yeah. to get to the numbers that the client is owed deserves yeah or deserves and is entitled to so did you guys ever have that do you guys ever remember that aha moment where you were just like you get like a letter or a determination and you're just like wait a minute this is bullshit well i'm gonna give you a little um, testimony of i'll give you one of the aha moments it was a claim that was denied i'm not gonna mention the carrier and so it was denied uh we tried to overturn it um the adjuster field adjuster who happened to be the examiner as well said you know no they were not overturning it uh, the client decided to go to litigation the day that the client you know hires an attorney we get contacted but anyway we get contacted oh, no. by the carrier saying they're admitting to coverage so we're like okay great so it, they opened coverage um w- went to appraisal we didn't agree so it was full-blown denial ended up overturning it they wanted to they oh they issued an undisputed of thirty-three thousand. went to appraisal we didn't settle went to umpire and we just got the award last week it was one hundred and nineteen thousand dollars. what yeah. talk about an aha moment that's yeah. bad one hundred and nineteen thousand dollars when they said that claim was denied uh what was the reason for the denial wear and tear ah no. wear and tear can you uh talk a little bit more about how we got from the appraiser to then the umpire and why the floor that's the one with the floor right? with the floor yeah the one with so, the floor yeah yeah so Good, it was not specific <laughs> it was a tropical storm ada and a part of the ceiling collapsed and cracked a tile mm-hmm. so it, it was a small crack on the tile um we went to they paid the thirty three thousand. did not include the floors we were claiming the floors no well, um, they denied it first they yeah. denied it they denied right. it but once they admitted to coverage they paid thirty three thousand, not admitting coverage you know for the flooring um which is continuous throughout the whole house we went back with the appraiser. The appraiser did not include the floors in his estimate. He did, but he the limited them. He put a, oh, a ten, that's right. It was a cap. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was a ten thousand dollars. So many claims. Wait, yeah. yes. but that's ten, the cause of loss. Ten thousand yeah. dollar cosmetic uh, limit on the floors. We went back after the appraiser took more pictures. Death this tile that had one crack is now cracked in three because now you know the foot traffic and they're stepping on it. It's broken and. Um, so then we went to the umpire and the umpire included, which there's some other. Well, I don't think that cosmetic damage. We're still fighting that. Actually, I don't think that applies. No. no, not in this case, uh, because it, it was actually um, it's ensuing damage as a result of the wind. And not only that, also, it's not cosmetic. It was uh, preventing the normal functionality of the floor, which is right. one of the pre, uh, requirements for the limit to apply. Mm-hmm. So this, the tile was slightly lifted. That's it. Yeah. Like somebody, And it's cracked in, in three parts try. now. Yeah. And we went back during the appraisal process and took more pictures about the state of the tile now. Because when they went, it looked like a you know hairline crack. But now you know, four, five, six months later because you denied it and delayed it, you know, and all this, it's not just a hairline crack. Now it's cracked in three in three parts. So that's an aha moment for sure. That's awesome. You yeah. see, this is what I'm talking about. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we love those. Like we, for us. And we have like, more, we have more of those just, you know, for. <laughs> we have huge ones yeah. like that. We Why just had another when first, one like that. When I first started in my career, I would see a denial. I think I told you this earlier and I'd be like, oh, all right, we gotta, gotta go to litigation. All right, whatever, you know, denial, let's file a lawsuit. Until it was just like, I don't remember, three years, four years or so. And I was just like, wait a minute. I would actually, like, I was reading these denials. I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not right. That's yeah. not wear and tear. That's not repeated. This is a sudden accidental event. It's plain and obvious, you know? 
Then you got to think of your, then, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it, then you got to get creative with your response yeah. and look into the policy, see what you could quote and things like right. that. And it's not just like, oh, I don't agree. It's like you have to state your facts. Like, Absolutely. Why I don't agree. You know, in that case, you know, we got the ins- home inspection reports, you know, a bunch of other documents to make our argument. It wasn't just, which they had. They had, you know, yeah. too, but they're not going to show their cards. Right. So, but we were successful. And because then some people think that our 10 or 20% is not worth it. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Those people right. are stupid. And, <laughs> and if they're smart, if the carriers are smart, and at least, at least with us, they'll know that we'll keep doing that over and over and over again. So it's going to be cheaper, you know, for you if you just settle with us yeah. than if you go to litigation and drag this out. Right. Um, I have a list. Of I may have spoken about this last time that, that we met, but we have a list of claims of, of with uh, Irma claims. <laughs> you guys keep mentioning insurance companies. Yeah, I just whatever. Yeah. Leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you recall, right after Irma, like a few months after, they calling to settle the claims in bulk. Mm-hmm. Did they ever do that with you? A global settlement. So. Usually, it's about three or four months after the storm occurs. Yeah. And usually it's when the new year happens too. Usually yeah. it's when reinsurance kicks in. Usually it's when the new year starts and taxes and stuff is already surpassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that happens all well, the time. It, it only happened <laughs> to us once. And uh, so we went to that meeting. We couldn't come to an agreement. And then I have the values of the claims that um, we proposed to them at that time. And I walked out of there and I told them that we were going to not only achieve that, those amounts, but more. And I obviously never showed them this, but I kept records of how those claims settled, and they settled for a lot more, plus attorney's fees. Please tell me you tell, tell, tell me you called them or emailed them no, or something. No, I, I wish I could. No, I can't. I can't do that. I don't. I don't think that's legal because uh, it was confidential. The uh, like the, the what was discussed. Oh, it should be. And Just... uh, <laughs> so yeah, the amount that they paid ultimately for all those claims a year later, whatever it was was significantly more than what they would have paid had we settled it for the amount that we were requesting at the time of the meeting, plus attorney's fees. Because I told them, if we don't settle today, I'm going to sue you on, well, not me, but I'm going to get my insurance to sue you on all these claims. Uh, So, and I did on every single one. (laughs) So they paid, I don't know, probably 50, 60% more. Nice. Than what the claims were worth. Nice. But how so. many PAs go in there? Because I know a few oh, they, yeah. that went in there and were intimidated and settled yeah. these claims. I mean, that's the majority. They told but, us. But that's how us. we mark the difference. They told <laughs> us. Um, I th- they told us most PAs that we've met with have settled uh, within 27% of the amount of their estimates. What? Yeah. 27 And you know what's crazy yeah. to me? I don't know if this happened with every PA, but I know other PAs that did this where they settled for a global settlement, right, for an X amount of files, and the PA was to distribute those funds. No. Yeah. Those yeah. claims. I. Yeah. No, Which, yes. yeah. completely different claims. One yeah. global so it was settlement. Like, it was a bulk settlement. It was like what? I'll give you X yeah. amount of money. That can't be for right. these. Yeah. Fi- yes, I, I can attest I to that hundred percent. And they, it was like here are these files, and this is the amount of money. And the PA had to just. It was like what they yeah they all had to sign a release, but the PA ultimately decided how those funds got distributed. It was just like like a global. I guess like a global settlement. Okay, but so of, that has never happened to me, no. Yeah. I've yeah. never been offered a global settlement on a bulk of claims. Yeah, it was a bulk of claims. I Which, don't know if that's how... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how yeah. it was. We didn't accept it. And yeah. we later found out that that's like borderline illegal. That sounds that's, like <laughs> it, that sounds illegal as shit, yeah. yeah. But a lot of yeah. PAs, you know, took Accepted the bait it. because yeah. they're like, oh, wow, you know, these people don't answer, they're not settling, and all of a sudden I get this 
No, and when you see the numbers, it's like, holy shit. Right. Um, zero, yeah. zero, 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 zero. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. day, a bad PA, or, you know, I would call a bad PA, sure. would say, you're offering me X amount of money, 20% of that, or 10%, whatever, is this. And that's all they're looking at. But they're not really looking out for their clients because how many of them got shortchanged? Yes, you could have gotten more fees, but then they're afraid, you know, or it's going to take longer. I may not get it. They, they, you know, they get intimidated by the carrier and they're just looking at what is it going to represent for me. And it doesn't matter which one of those homeowners or all of them, you know, got underpaid. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So just to end to before I end, I, I recall just for the viewers, because it was great. <laughs> I showed up with my uh, two of my other adjusters that are like, Tall and bodyguards. Oh, nice. We shut up, and then there's two other guys, and one is in a suit, also a big guy. And when I just saw that we weren't gonna, we weren't anywhere near, I literally just popped my computer. I'm like, I'm out. Like, we're not gonna come to an agreement. Let's go. I do that. Everybody got yeah. up, like, and we were walking. Was it like that? Was it? The yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm the other guys that are like bigger than me. I've done that in mediation. Yeah. I, I my mediations don't last longer than 15, 20 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. I don't want to waste my time. And I'm sure they knew you walking out of there. They knew you were going to get what you wanted. But well, they, they I'm know, sure they, they know knew. now. They, they know now. It, but yeah, they know now. And, and I think they knew it then, too. I think they you knew. Think so? I think they knew it. But that's the risk they took. And they were banking on the other maybe, you know, nine out of ten that were going to sit there and take it. Exactly. So, okay, well, this yeah. one guy, all right, he's, uh, he's good. All right, let him go. Yeah. But uh, the other ones were all going to. And they did. The other ones took it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The, Vince, mediations, we don't do many of those because of my bad previous experience with them. But how's it going for you? It's hit or miss. Hit or miss? Yeah. We've recently, I just, I agreed to doing five uh, recently and the, we've already done two. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I think it's majority terrible. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while, you, you hit on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's worth it. Um, I think it's it's I think it shows a client that you you know you're exhausting all measures, which the policy provides you. Yeah. Um, but uh, sometimes I give them the option. I'll tell them, hey, look, there's we can go to mediation. The good thing about mediation is if we don't agree, which most likely that's going to happen. Um, if we don't agree, we can still proceed with with litigation. Yeah. And sometimes you could proceed with appraisal. But that's a little hit or miss also. Um, But yeah, mediation, my last... My last five, one out of the five has been good, I would really? say. Yeah, because my last two or three have not gone the way I wanted to go. I mean, I'm talking like I'm looking for like $50,000 and they're like at five. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, yeah, right then, come you, on. You know what's up. You know, and the problem what happens with mediation is because they're put on the spot, I realize that sometimes too, because they're put on the spot, the client will be like, okay, we'll just get, get them up to 10. Yeah. Maybe we can do 10. And I'm like, no, wait, we're at 50. My biggest fear is that. Yeah. And the ones that we've done, I told uh, Albert, I told him, you must prep the client Absolutely. mentally before Absolutely. you get in there. Absolutely. That this is the number and we're not backing down from that. Even if we're like $1,000 away, we are not yeah. backing down from that. Yeah, but again, that client so. is, is desperate. Yeah. But at the you end know, of the day, it's the client. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do Wasn't what they want. Wasn't one of the proposed bills this year was to get rid of the mediation program? Really? No, yeah, I didn't know about, about that. that. I didn't hear about I that. Know? I don't think so. 
I read something about yeah. one of the proposed bills that had to do with the mediation. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm mistaken. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think we're good. I think we could wrap this up. How long have we been going now? Jesus, this is my longest podcast. Uh, maybe. Like an hour 20? No, Rico Garcia is still my longest part yeah, of the podcast. No, yeah. Rico, yeah. Rico came yeah. here. We did a long I think that was our long, yeah. longest yeah. podcast. Was it? Too. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, Rico. It was, good. it was good. I like it. I fucking love Rico. Yeah. yeah Rico, awesome. if you're still listening to this podcast, <laughs> I fucking love you. We're doing now. Uh, if you guys ever want to tune in, because Rico and I, uh, we read a lot and we we're always like reaching I, I don't know we have this connection where we're just like all I want to do is like feed my brain I'm always like trying to feed my brain he's like sort of the same way so we've got all these books that we've read and all these articles that we've read and all these videos that we've watched and and we always have we always have the most like interesting conversations but it's always just between us and we're just <laughs> like dude why don't we just like go live so we're gonna start trying to I missed it yesterday this was my fault we're gonna start trying to go live on like Facebook and maybe YouTube too and just uh and just riff and just like talk. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Rico. Rico's a man. I look yeah, forward to it. I introduced you guys to Rico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he was, I was here like, in our podcast a, like a month ago. Yeah, I told you guys. I think I told you guys that you gotta interview Rico. Rico's yeah. a he's a rock star. Yeah. yeah. He's got great energy too. Uh, all right. Guys, thank you for coming on the uh, Claims Game podcast. <laughs> thank you for having us. No, thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. it. All right. Thanks. Take care.